FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 64 of the podcast that goes snicked. I, <laughs> I'm your host, Jason. I can use my powers to construct my costume. I'm going to get naked and put on this robe. Venable. <laughs> there should have been an extra ow for the naked part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, sound engineer Chewy. And um, I'm joined once again by flashback co-host Cameron Hovercraft Zombie Sinclair. I'm well, far less popular. We know who the fan favorite is. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes. Is there a slug clap on there? I wish. Did I ask you that last time? Yeah. Okay. It right. probably is, but I haven't explored yeah. all of these. Cool. Well, anyway, we have a special flashback episode for you today. Flashback! Flashback! We're going to celebrate Wolverine's fifth birthday. Happy birthday, Wolverine. Happy birthday. Get out the... It's like the the New Year's. (laughs) That's my party blower. There you go. I need a party blower in Waco. (laughs) This is getting X-rated right off the bat. I think I was the only guy who wanted to didn't get a blowjob from her. Oh. Yeah. That's sad. What? I got asked. I said no. <laughs> <laughs> it's still sad, but not so much for you anymore. Right. <laughs> Just sad for that lonely party blower girl. <laughs> uh, something about, I've always had an aversion to sticking uh, my junk where everybody else's junk is <laughs> You're such an elitist. <laughs> I am. I am. When it comes to my genitals, I'm very elitist. Yeah, that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Anyway, uh, but Wolverine has a birthday, or had he a birthday. He's less averse to that. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's got a healing factor. That's true. Anyway, yeah, so we're looking at comics from 79, 1979, that is. 1979. Okay, someone's listening to this after 2079 <laughs> in the archives. Or they've gone back in time. Yeah, exactly, true. But 1979, of course, marks Wolverine's fifth birthday, fifth anniversary. And uh, remarkably, Marvel didn't think anything of it at the time. <laughs> if <laughs> they, a big deal. If they even realized. But we think of a lot of it, so we're going to talk about it. And doing so, we're going to talk about Uncanny X-Men 125 through 128. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do the applause again. <laughs> no, that's okay. All right, well, um, without further ado, let's uh, jump into the comic, shall we? Let's do it. All right, here we go. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to start off with Uncanny X-Men number 125. This is the month before Wolverine's birthday. It is written by Chris Claremont. Penciled by John Byrne, inked by Terry Austin, 
Uh, Letters by Orzakowski. That's Tom, right? I think so. And then Glynis Wine or Ween, whatever, is a colorist. Didn't we decide on that one was correct? Uh, yeah, Ween, right? Ween. Yeah, I think so. Can't remember. No, either. I think I think you're right. I I heard somebody else say one of them. Yeah. And made a mental note that it was the right one. I or think that wa- I would just take their words like for what it. we would have gone for first. So probably. Because it, it was different than what we did Yes, because I would have gone with the German pronunciation. So probably it's Ween. Yeah. So then we have a cover by Dave Cockrum and Terry Austin. And um, basically it's a phoenix with a red, reddish-orange jean silhouette inside. And we have underneath the phoenix wings. Oh, it's kind of like a, it's a tag, I guess. Because we have the dramatic return of the phoenix. And then underneath one wing, we have a scene of Colossus and Storm in the perils of the danger room. <laughs> then we have a Havoc, Multiple Man, and Polaris uh, getting attacked by Nosferatu and uh, <laughs> the mystery of Muir Island. Yeah. All this and more. Parentheses, we guarantee it. Uh, the guy did. from uh, Men's Warehouse said that, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway, I actually thought this cover was... Great. What did you think? I agree. I thought it was one of Cockrum's best. Well, let me caveat. Okay. I like it. I really like the Phoenix part. Yes. The two stories are okay. The two little images. Oh, they look cool. I think they're indicative, though, of the of what we'll talk about this comic, of being a lot of different kind of random stories. <laughs> and I right. think this kind of shows it, where it's like you have this right. random danger room scene, which the images aren't bad. It's I just kind of thing, funny because they're, they're all unrelated. And they don't, right. It's not a theme. Like, this whole uh, cover goes well together. Right. Like, these are three random things that are also all happening in this book, but all don't relate at all to anything that's going on. I like how we know it's Phoenix because of the sash. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I think, like, first of all, I just I think just in general, Terry Austin makes Cochran's art look better. Yeah, I agree. And, and it looks great, I think. I think the thing trying to crush Colossus looks really cool, in large part because of the ink work. Yeah. And though I make fun of it, I kind of like the half tone of the little the, the bad image. guy in your yeah. island. I do too. It's it's uh, it's kind of kitschy a little bit, but I, yeah, it works definitely. because it's the Phoenix is so dramatic, and then it's like, and then here's right two side stories. Yeah. yeah. It's a good cover. Overall, good cover. Right. So here's what we have. Um. Moira is going to test the Phoenix powers, but she barely understands them herself. And Jean is getting bored. There's a hovercraft zombie creeping around. Uh, we play catch up with the X-Men. There's a danger room session. Cyclops calls the X-Men pathetic. Wolverine gets mad and storms out. They're trying to train. Cyclops calls it a game. Or says they're treating it like a game. Wolverine says... But it ain't the real thing. That's the point. It's a flaming game. I got news for you, Summers. Wolverine don't jump through hoops for nobody. I handled myself fine when I was on my own, and I can do it again, too. I need a brew. (laughs) You want me, Summers? You know where to find me. And Cyclops and Storm talk about how abrasive Wolverine is. Cyclops says something here. He says something that I swear we've heard before. It was part of this lifted for the... uh, classic X-Men reprinted giant size. Because I feel like, does he say something there about like, they're all strong, but they're all strong individuals and we'll see if they can mesh as a team. Wasn't that some yeah, of the bonus material? Really yeah, I think it was. 
Um, I wonder if it's like the exact same phrasing or if it's just similar. I don't know. Be interesting. I have to go back and read it. So Magneto has a wife, and her name is Magda. Yeah. Well, they're old. Well, you always marry someone who has the same name as you, pretty much, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Right? Well, he was Eric, probably, when he uh, married Magda. So Magneto, his name has nothing to do with his powers. It's it's just a tribute to his yeah, wife. Yeah, tribute to his wife. Yeah. All right. This is the most random story of all the stories in... All these segues. Because yeah. it's literally not related to anything. No. Except for just a brief moment. By the way, Magneto's stewing on Asteroid M. Yeah, and he, he was married before. He was married before. Take note. <laughs> Take note. We're going to mention Magda later. All right. So Jason Weingard is stalking Gene like a creeper. Real creeper. Uh, the Hellfire Club gets mentioned again. And talking about how they have big plans for the Phoenix involving something called a Black Queen. So back in Scotland, Jean is really cocky. Out in space, Lelandra and Charles drift apart, and Professor X realizes that Jean needs him. Back on Earth, Moira realizes that Mutant X has escaped. Phoenix senses her thoughts and goes to help, but is trapped in an 18th century hallucination. And then surprised by Mutant X. Beast checks on the mansion. He's attacked by Nightcrawler who thinks Beast is a ghost. Beast reunites with the X-Men. Everybody catches up. But luckily this time off panel. X-Men headed to Scotland but very politely call ahead first. Lorna answers the phone but screams and the line goes dead. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Alright, so what do you got? I had a couple of things. Okay. The first one was, well, how did Jean end up over here with Moira and Lauren? Uh, she fl- she fought. So when the did X-Men... Did that? Uh, possibly. Uh, the X-Men, remember, thought that the other respective X-Men were dead. Yeah. Okay. And I knew she left. And Jean went back to the mansion with Beast. Right. And then Beast went back to doing his Avenger thing. And Jean stayed with Professor X and Lelandra. And, and she Professor felt X like... Left. Well, she felt like Professor X was shutting her out. Yeah. So she left left and went to Scotland. Okay. I guess I just didn't catch that that's where she went. Yeah. I remember she left. Right. But for some reason, I was thinking she went with her roommates. To Japan. Oh, and then after that. Well, no, that's kind of... They kind of looked like that, but I don't think that's what she did. I think she just went to Scotland. Well, that's right, because her friend was on the way to Japan. Yes. And they just saw each other at the airport. Right. Right. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she's in Scotland. Right. I thought it was interesting Hanging out at that, Muir Island. Hanging out at Muir Island. That when she retells the story of how she became the Phoenix, she mentions how she was almost consumed by the intense radiation, but her mind refused to die, refused. driven by her love for Scott Summers. Oh, huh, yeah, that's interesting. Which is interesting because all the comics before this are Scott Summers trying to figure out why he doesn't care so much that she's dead. Right. It was pretty interesting. Pretty yeah. sad. And going on some tough love dates with... Uh, some real tough love. What, what's her name? Uh, Colleen Wing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I, I always remember Misty Knight. I always forget Colleen. I don't know. Something about her name doesn't, yeah. doesn't catch ease. <laughs> so, the danger room scene, skip ahead. That's all kind of weird. I mean, it's just a... That seems like a pretty standard stock footage danger room scene, almost. Right. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to it. Pretty, uh, pretty average. So, this McTaggart dude... Can he shapeshift? Well, uh, McWarner? McWarner? Yeah, not McTaggart. That's yeah, Moira. That's Moira. McWarner. Jason. No, Jason Wingard. That's what I'm trying oh, to say. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, not McWhorter either. Um, Jason Wingard. Is he a shapeshifter? How is he being all these people? I'm not sure if I want... Or is that something they'll deal with later? Yes. Okay. I couldn't remember if, if that's something that had been answered and I just forgot. Yes. No, definitely. Or they're going to get into that later. Okay. So I'll yeah. leave I'll leave. Well, actually, we get that. into some of that before we're done with this episode. So I'll try to remember to circle back to it. Okay. So we'll deal with that in a little bit. All right, and then, we do get our first glimpse, even though it's just in Weingarten's imagination, of uh, Gina's Black Queen. Yeah, which was pretty cool. Although she looks really old. She does. The hair, the, the bun, whatever like she, that hairstyle It looks like she use. grows a mole. She grows a mole and looks like a... She looks like Cruella DeVille. I was going to say, she looks like a, Dalmatians. like a Gilded Age saloon prostitute. Yes, like. yes. A madam from a, some kind of old-timey brothel. <laughs> yeah, she does. The weird hair, weird hair thing they did there. The tough, the tough madam house or house mom or whatever you call. I like the little uh, Star Wars type aliens in a uh, in our, in the space scene with Orlandra. Yeah. That was a that was a, that's a funny scene because it's like Charles acts like he's surprised that it takes a lot of time to run the entire universe. <laughs> yeah, he does. It's like she's queen of the universe, right? And he's like, man, she's busy. She doesn't have enough time for me. We're not we're not cuddling as much as I had hoped. <laughs> I like how he's like everyone else here treats me like I'm an idiot, right? It's like, but maybe I am. <laughs> that was really funny. I was like, you're still Charles Xavier. Right. You're still the most powerful psychic probably in the universe, or at least yeah, there, anyway. definitely in the world, probably in the universe, I would imagine. I thought that was a really kind of funny thing. Almost like he was looking for an excuse. I felt like the Jean Grey thing was like he was looking for, almost like he was looking for an excuse to go back. Right, right. It's probably like, oh, I uh, like, oh, she needs me. After, she's powerful. I don't I, know. I better get here. I, I, I think I left some stuff in the in the laundry. Yeah, <laughs> I got I got to run back. To, <laughs> I got to run back across the galaxy and unfold some clues. <laughs> yeah, he can't, well, he can't use the I got to go wash my hair excuse. That's true. I mean, I guess he can buff his scalp. I don't know. You got to go get a tan. Yeah. Um, what else you got? The last thing I was going to say, I thought it was really, this is really bizarre to me. Beast shows up, and they're like, oh, Beast, we thought you were dead. You're alive. Everybody's really excited. And then Beast tells them that Gene's alive. Right. So then they just pick up the phone and call Lorna. Well, they're calling Muir Island. Right. But why didn't they call Muir Island before? I guess because they didn't know. But if everyone thinks everyone's dead... Shouldn't they have at least called Moira? It seems, yeah, right. it seems like they would have hey. checked in with somebody. Right. Because this seems like a really well, simple Banshee's thing that... freaking in love with her. I know. it For teen issues, probably. All he's talking about is like, I can't wait to get out of the Savage Land and go declare my love for Moira. For teen issues, they've thought that everyone's dead. Right. They get back to Earth. They're apparently just hanging out in the danger room. So why didn't they call anybody? They knew Lorna was alive. They knew Lorna's Alex was Professor alive. Professor X had shut the phones off. Scott, Scott's brother, Alex, is there. Right. Like you said, Banshee's in love with Moira. Why, why is there no connection that was made? I don't know. They're just hanging out. In, and I, I don't know how long this is. Maybe it was... You say, at some point, they say something about months. Yeah, it seems like you get the feeling it's been a while. Right. So it's like, why, why hadn't anybody thought to call anybody... I mean, I know they didn't have Facebook and Twitter back then, so they couldn't just check your status. Right. 
So call somebody. Say, hey, we're back from the Savage Land. <laughs> Jean Grey's Twitter. Not dead. <laughs> Still living. Still living. In case anybody wanted to know. Just I just thought that was a really... That was a really simple end to this long arc of everyone thinking everyone's dead. Right. And it's like one yes. phone call and it's all over. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're alive. The uh, end. The end. You should have heard that scream. <laughs> all right. That was pretty funny to me, anyway. Yes, I agree. Um, and then the scream, yeah. Very horror movie-ish. Yeah. So, all right. So, I guess, what are your overall all thoughts on it? Overall, I think it's kind of a boring episode issue. Yeah. Although some important things happen, it's it's a real like setup issue where they're just setting up a number of things, right? Like well, I, I'm, I'm sure the my Magneto... notes that it was it was a catch up and setup yeah. issue. Yeah, there you go. So I thought it was pretty good for that kind of issue. Yeah, for kind of wrapping up some things and starting some new things. Yeah, I mean it's it's not a bad issue. It's just not that she's not that interesting, right? Because nothing, literally nothing happens except for the very end when the reunion. Right. But even that's so quick, it's anticlimactic. I agree. And the art was pretty good. Art was pretty good. Beast is kind of crazy looking, but otherwise. Yeah. All right. So what do you think of uh, the buildup of the mystery of Mutant X? Are you on the edge of your seat? Not really. Not yeah. from this <laughs> no, issue. No, not really either. I don't really care that much. Well, and you don't know that it's going to be Mutant X. You don't know that it's... Well, you know that Oh, he... yeah, yeah. They, set, they yeah, set that up already. Yeah. I was thinking that was in the next one. Yeah, but it's But it's, it's not... been a long time since... All I kept thinking reading it was, do I know who Mutant X is? <laughs> I just kept thinking, I can't remember if they, if they well, had several, established who yeah, that is Yeah, several issues ago, we saw the door on yeah. Mirror Island. And we saw where Magneto, like... Messed it up somehow. Right. But we hadn't heard who it was. No. But that's what I couldn't remember if I... It was yeah. Just, I was just like, is this, is this someone... Yeah, it's it's not a great setup to that. I mean, I don't know, maybe in the 70s it was, but... It seemed like there was too much space between from where kind of you first got your hints and, and yeah. it starts to yeah, build and pay off. And I just... There wasn't much suspense to it, I didn't think. And if you're... You know, if you're reading... You're reading this as they come out. I mean, that's that was a good six months ago. Right, at least. But anyway, yeah. All right, so when are you going to grade it? I guess I'll still give it a two. I remember we're going out of six now. Oh, it's complicated. <laughs> um, I guess I'll probably give it a th- three. Okay. Then kind of just right in the middle. Yeah, so three out of six. And I'll give it a I'll give it four out of six, but it was... It was kind of a toss-up between three and four. All right, cool. Let's uh, let's get on to the other stuff. And we're back. <laughs> we're back. Back to uh, the main event on Kenny X-Men 126. Get out the candles and the cake, because this is Wolverine's fifth birthday. Beep-a-pop-a-boop. Yay! Like oh, gotta, should, we, else. should we sing? Happy birthday! Wait, you gotta pay for that. <laughs> He's a jolly good fellow. <laughs> He's a jolly. That's probably what they sing in Canada, anyway. Oh, brother, probably so. <laughs> All, right. All right. Okay. Why don't you give us our credits? One twenty-six. We got Chris Claremont, author. John Byrne, penciler. Terry Austin, inker. 
Tom Orzakowski, letterer. Glennis Ween, colorist. The usual crew. The usual crew. Lately. So, cover. As you pointed out, a tribute or an homage, as you fancily said, to the giant size X-Men of the original breakout cover of the new team. Yes. And it is not as good as the original one. No. But it's still pretty good. It's still pretty good. It's it's by uh, Cockrum and Austin as well. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Okay, so we open up on the scene with a... What does Wolverine do for his birthday? There's a dude on a boat... One of those classic where they start with someone who's not relevant, and they still tell you a little bit about their story, yeah. and then suddenly the That's actual... called writing practice. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so some old dude's on a boat, and the, the black... Blackhawk? What do they call it? Blackbird. Blackbird. Say Blackhawk. Blackhawk Blackbird flies across and knocks this old guy's boat around. Right. So X-Men are basically on their way to rescue... Or to figure out what happened to Lorna. It's a quick trip. They get over there in an hour, I think they say. Something like that. Something like that. Pretty Scott in, was burning the engine Pretty out. impressive. Yeah. They get there. They find out basically Mutant X has broken out. And Scott, not Scott, Alex and Jamie went to go look for him. But they couldn't find him. So the X-Men show up to help them with search for it. But... Alex, Jamie, they don't know the X-Men are alive. They still think they're dead. Right. So we have a little confusion, and then they figure it out, and then everybody's friends. And they look for a Weapon X. Weapon X. Mutant, Mutant X. X. sorry. It's, it's, it's their fault Rather everything being something X. That, that's true. Right, but we'll blame them. We have a brief moment of Jason. Jason, uh, what's his name? Uh, Weingard. Weingard. Or actually, Jean just thinks she sees him. But she brief moment, and then he'll be back a little bit later. And then they actually find Mutant X. Yep, and he's turning people into mummies. And he's mummifying people. So what's his power? What's Mutant X's people. power? So Proteus, as he's called. Later, yeah. Later. Yeah, they'll eventually call him that. But basically his power is to alter reality, or that he controls reality. Yes. Is that how they define it? Mm-hmm. It's one of those powers that I think, I mean... In reality, none of these things make sense. But this is one right. of those powers that, even in this scenario, doesn't really make sense. The way he uses it. Well, all right. So he has to make eye contact. With or, or everything he changes? With the people he changes stuff to, yeah. And then he changes the whole city. And there's no way... Because he right, changes we're getting, we're getting the wind into bees, right? So, yes. but, I mean, the point of it is it's a bizarre... So yeah. we'll talk about it as we go. Yeah. But, but he does. But he power. also has to host... Or find host bodies. Right, he draws on the power and he of burns them bodies, out. And he burns them out. <laughs> and tosses them aside. Yeah, as mummies. That's where he gets the mummy thing. So what's the other big reveal? And sorry, I'll let you get back to your, your summary. That's pretty much the summary. I mean, because that's pretty much what happens. Okay. Right, so the other big reveal then is that Mutant X is Moira's son. Yes, Moira's son. And then it's pretty just the fight. And then it ends in a, in a not a stalemate, but a... Cliffhanger. Uh, interesting that uh, Mutant X is allergic to metal. Yeah, that's a bizarre thing that metal has such a weird effect on his yeah. ability to control reality. All right. But all right, so let's back up a little bit because there's a couple of interesting things in here, yeah. I thought. I thought on page two, the Colossus bomb looks really cool. Yes, that is pretty awesome. Although I thought it was kind of interesting that he just ripped a hole through the roof. <laughs> And I thought well, about he knew how he landed. He knew the part he was landing in was abandoned. He did, but it's still Moira's. <laughs> right. So 
Someone's going to go back in and fix that. Lab. I was thinking about how many times in comic books, like the rough is torn off of something or right. a hole is punched through the wall. <laughs> and I thought, people got to fix those things. Right? That, that should be our comic. <laughs> the builders? Com- yeah, yeah. Like the janitors of... The ex-roofers. Yeah. <laughs> Just go back and fix all the roofs <laughs> that the X-Men tore up. Grumble to themselves, go out drinking afterwards. That is the way to go. <laughs> so the one of the interesting ones I thought, and this actually was in 125 briefly. I mean 124, but I was going to mention it here. Nightcrawler. So we talked. We talked the last time we did this together. We talked about how Nightcrawler's whole being invisible in the shadows thing. How eventually that was just going to disappear. I don't know that it does or when it does. But yeah, we, we don't know when it does. And I, w- I wondered if it was just going to disappear or if they were going to fade it. And in this, I felt like they're backing up on it. Oh, you think so? Because in one twenty four, he says, "I wrote this down that I'm more or less transparent in the shadows." Okay. So he's not just in, before he was just invisible. He just right. completely disappeared. And in that, that issue, he says, I'm more or less transparent. And you could still kind of see him, a little bit of him, but he was just really hard to see. Right. And then in 126, where we are now, he says, what do you say? I'm near invisible, he yes. says. And in the, you see, you can see him in the shadow. Whereas That's, before, it was just, he was just right. gone. So I, I wondered if this is them back gradually backpedaling this right. or if they're just trying to make it more interesting. I like actually the whole near invisible, hard to see thing. I actually think it's cool and think they should go back to that. I agree. They're completely like I just disappear. Is stupid. Yeah, it's kind of lame. Right. I, I agree with you because the idea yeah. of just the shadow, the darkness making his skin yeah, more right. difficult to see. Or right. Or not even just like like he blends in, but like he actually like. I don't know. I, as a power, it's cool too. Not yeah. just a, oh, I'm. I agree. I'm dark. Let me jump over here real fast. <laughs> yeah. So I agree. But I thought it was interesting because I thought, is this is this them fading this whole power out, or are they going to stick with this for a while? It'll be interesting right. to see. Because eventually this will go away too. Because I don't I ever remember so. any yeah, of this from the '90s on. Yeah. The 1990s on. Well, going back a little bit, I thought on page three the using. Nightcrawler's teleporting to split the panel. That was very was cool. really really cool. That was very cool. I thought as if he was in both at the same time. Right, right. It really should, it really makes it feel like it's very split second. And using the because he splits the dialogue too, like he finishes a sentence in yeah. the second location. But yeah, I thought that 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 technique. I I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So kudos to Burn for that. I also like how he gives the. Uh, the AOK sign when he teleports on page six. I <laughs> yeah. thought the mummy looked pretty cool. Yeah, the mummy's pretty cool. Also on page six, there's Banshee checking out Lorna. And I, I thought, um, need to check her vitals? There's an app for that. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's got like an iPad or, or yeah, it does. I mean, an iPod or an iPhone. That's really funny. And he's got this little machine that checks her vitals. I thought it was interesting that Scott, I think it's Scott, and maybe it's not. Maybe it's someone else the other time. But I th- there's two or three times where Banshee talks about his powers not being back. Oh, man, this Scott whole these four about, issues, he, he bitches about not being able to use his sonic screen like, constantly. Yeah, I mean, every time he does, I think Scott, maybe multiple people say, man, I didn't realize his injuries were so bad. Right, It's right. taking such a long time for them to come back. Right, and sometimes it's sympathetic, and then sometimes it's like... We should have just left him at home. Right. In this case, it's more like Scott's irritated with him. Right. He's like, it's been months since his injuries. Right. 
faker. <laughs> he says, yet his power shows no signs of regenerating. Right. Like, you forget it. And not all the aren't unpaid. <laughs> That's really funny. This is stupid, but... Because then it shows Scott on the beach waving and Storm's like flying past him while Scott's thinking these things about Banshee. And then he says at the bottom, it is written really small for some reason, Storm, pick me up. <laughs> yeah. He's like, because he's complaining about how Banshee's worthless. And then Storm's flying and Scott's like, hey, pick me up. Like he's worthless. <laughs> you know, Storm's thinking, oh, brother, these guys are getting well, no, And the problem is, is Banshee's the one that always catches Cyclops when someone drops him out of the sky. That's why he's <laughs> That's really true. mad. He's like, Banshee that. can't fly me around. Oh, shit. Storm. 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 Waving in the air. It's like when you're a really rich, fancy person. You're like, oh, my chauffeur's sick. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly like that. My butler passed away. Why does everything bad happen to me? <laughs> right. All right. Anyway, I thought all the art on page seven was really cool. That's where we get the Nightcrawler in the shadow thing. And yeah. I thought Burn drawing Havoc's power with Colossus giving him a bear hug was yeah, pretty cool, Yeah, I liked too. the first panel of that. The second panel of that looked an awful, light, an awful lot like uh, that Ace and Gary cartoon from SNL. <laughs> Ambiguously gay duo. Yeah, it kind of does. Because the, the art's a little stiffer. Yeah. A little stiffy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then it looks like uh, Alex winks at him in this third panel. He does, doesn't he? I think they're trying to show surprise, but it's coming right out of his eye. Yeah, but it, yeah it's only on the one eye, so it makes it look like he winks. And Colossus has this big old grin. Yeah. I, think, I think you're on to something. I'm on to something. In Ultimate X-Men, I think Colossus is gay. So, Is he really? I believe so. That's interesting. I've never read any. I think I read the first Ultimate issue, and then it started off cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I never disliked it. I just, I guess, yeah. I felt like I had enough going on with the regular right. ones. I didn't feel like I really needed an alternate timeline. Right. Exactly. And you have the movies for alternate timelines, so then it's like a third. I have a second alternate timeline. Right. To so. All right. Then on page ten, Moira greets Cyclops with her boob. <laughs> yeah, that looks awfully. Uh, it looks a whole lot like a uh, sexual harassment video you'd watch. Yeah, right. <laughs> Scott's hands are wide open, like he's like, "Oh, what do I touch?" Right. And I need to all, stop her, but I don't want to get in trouble. And she's laughing him with her breast. On page eleven, we get a lot of Cyclops and Phoenix drama, and Jean does a whole thing where she thinks she sees Weingarten. She says, "Actually, we don't get a lot of Cyclops and Phoenix drama, which is what makes it interesting." Because okay. the reunion is there, and it doesn't seem like it matters much. Right. Course, like we said, Scott spent the last ten issues wondering, trying to figure out why he didn't care more that Jean had died. Right. Well, he he finds says, out she's alive, and it's right. like, he's like, oh, she's alive. And he even says he thought she was a woman he loved, but now... But then he looks upset that she says the name Jason. Did yeah. he forget that he's like, got a girlfriend back home? <laughs> I mean, he's all... It's a weird scene, and I think it's supposed to be a weird scene, so I'm not, I'm not criticizing Claremont right, for that. Yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's intentionally awkward. awkward, right. And uh, somebody get a uh, multiple man a new costume. I know, this is the worst. Oh my gosh, it's horrible. It's one of the worst costumes. It looks like Max Hedron. <laughs> no, you know what he looks like? He looks like a guy wearing a suit that's going to be a, a CGI'd yes, over in a movie. green screen guy. Yeah. What do they call that? They the little light bulb suit. Yeah. yeah, that is exactly what it looks like. And he's being filmed for a video game. 
And it's just a terrible suit, and because it, it serves horrible. no purpose. It looks like all he does is double himself. Why does he need this right. strange costume with all the dots on it? I don't know. I'm trying to remember who invented him because it looks kind of like if Jack Kirby was on speed and stayed up for like four days in a row. Yeah, this is what he would design. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of Tronish, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's a bad suit. So then Wolverine Sean. doesn't have to like... Oh, I'm sorry, you have something before that? I was just going to say, um, Sean's uh, collar, it's bigger. Oh, yeah, bigger yeah, he's popping it for sure. Banshee is uh, popping the collar. And so Wolverine reluctantly agrees to Cyclops' plan. After wrecking a table. Yeah. <laughs> As in, he doesn't like the plan or the table. Got <laughs> <laughs> some big slices out it's of it. It's Moira's table, it's not cool. Right. He's in the X-Men, man, have no respect for other people's property. Colossus jumping through the roof, Wolverine cutting up the table. And this is not the first uh, anti-table agenda that Wolverine's had. Remember, he was using his claw to (laughs) write his name on Charles' desk. (laughs) That's right. He hates tables, apparently. Hates tables. So then we go go straight to the big reveal that Mutant X is Moira's son. Yes, and she looks hardcore about it. Yeah, man. Because she's about to take him out. She is going to have to. All right, so then I guess we answer some questions. Maybe they don't explicitly say it. But Gene goes through this whole like hunting hallucination with Jason Weingart. Yeah, well, before we get there, just really quickly, what's the whole thing here where... So Mutant X is a Madrox. He took, o- yeah, he took, he over, took one over one of, one of the clones. And then he sees Jason Weingart... But Jason Weingart's too powerful for him. Because Weingart has mental powers. Yeah. But Jean Grey's mental powers doesn't, don't work on him. They don't work on each other. Remember, he tried... Uh, okay, we'll get to this later. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But, so, but Weingart tried to take... Or not... Mutant uh, X tried to get Jean. And he couldn't. Yeah. Oh, I, could, I see what you mean. So because both, both back and forth, right. they could. Okay. There's no, there's no uh, mental on mental so action. So apparently, metal and... Mental powers, right, are his weakness. Are his weakness. So then he just yeah. takes this other random guy. Yep. So. Or Freddie Duncan. You know, I wonder. You just made me think of this. Freddie Duncan. Because I haven't read enough of Multiple Man in when he was in the Fantastic Four and stuff when he actually showed up. But in this, in these earlier scenes, he's just in his crazy suit. But in this scene where uh, Wef- or Mutant X is inside of him. And he's roaming around. He's got this trench coat on, which becomes a staple of his costume later. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this is the first time he wears it and and Byrne sees it and is like, hey, we should like keep this around or... Maybe. Because now he's just trying to hide because he can't walk through the streets in giant circles. Right. But... Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. So we see Weingard influencing Gene's mind. So that kind of answers the question, I think, of why he was different people. I think he was maybe he's just casting who is an like yeah. So maybe those people mind. weren't even really there. They weren't there. He just looked like his normal self, but Gene oh, yeah. saw him as somebody else. I thought the idea of the twist of the hunt being just a guy in a deer suit was kind of cool, and how Gene's all concerned because she was ready to kill him. I thought the guy, the naked dude in the in the deer head looked pretty cool. I thought that was good art. She did kill him. Or no, this is no. one of the mummies. This, no, it's the weapon. Yeah, she finds, she finds one of the mummies. Got it. But in the hallucination, 
she had killed this guy in a deer suit. Or the dogs had found or the him. The dogs had. He was about to. She was about to stab him for the. Yeah, uh, with her. Was it the coup de gras? Is that what Weingard says? Weingard says he's so fancy pants. <clears throat> yeah, yes. Because that's Jason Weingard, and she's hunting with him. Yes, in only only times. That's weird. The whole this whole Jason Weingard thing's weird, but we'll, yeah. we'll get more with that later, I guess. All right. What did you think of the uh, warpy art? The warpy art? Yeah, on page uh, 26 and 27. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, as far as when you're doing that kind of thing, it's about as good as you can get. Right. Yeah, that was It's going to kind of look silly anyway. Right. But yeah, they did a pretty good job. I thought the whole thing with Nightcrawler thinking Wolverine's about to kill a police officer and he tries to stop him. <laughs> right. I think it's funny that uh, I guess Wolverine finds out. Oh yeah, because Mutant X. Then we find out he's Proneus, so yeah, we can start calling him Proneus now because that's easier. Yeah. Uh, Proneus tries to take over Wolverine, but he's repelled by the metal. Yeah. I guess he 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 decides to vocalize this out loud. <laughs> yeah. And Wolverine's like, "Oh, you don't like metal, huh?" <laughs> he goes, "I got a skeleton made of about three million bucks worth of adamantium." If you think my bones are dead, we get a load of my claws. That's we right. get a snicked. That's so, pretty cool. Is this the first? This isn't the first time that you talked about the skeleton being adamantium, is no. it? Or is it? I, I feel Did like they talk about unbreakable. They've talked about it being unbreakable. I think this is. I think this might be. Well, good. I, I was going to say nothing happened from Wolverine's birthday, like the last but time this we, is something that yeah, happens. There you go. <laughs> because I feel like the last time we podcasted, we, we talked, are, about, we talked how, about yes whether or not they talked about. The bones were stronger and unbreakable, but whether they spe- specifically said they were also adamantium. And I think this is the first time. I think you're right. Yes, it is. It is. I'm going to write that down for my little uh, notes here. Get a little writing music for you. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad you... I kind of glossed right over that. I'm glad you picked up on that because that would have been a big, big miss on our part if we let that go. This is why you pay me nothing to be here. <laughs> I pay you in hugs. <laughs> and those are worth priceless. <laughs> priceless. All right. Yeah, so cool. So we find out that Wolverine's whole skeleton is adamantium and it's worth three million bucks. Yeah. Which even now seems expensive. And this was like way back then, so without inflation or anything. I don't know, six million dollar man. Oh, that was yeah. the eighties. Okay, you're right. And Wolverine's cooler than that guy. <laughs> yes, by far. So on uh, page twenty-eight, we see there was once an Alice Cooper comic book. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. And that's in the corner bin somewhere. Out forever. <laughs> Stay in school, read comic books. <laughs> So Storm shows up at the last. Yeah, tries to save Nightcrawler and Wolverine. Tries to save Nightcrawler and Wolverine. He talks a little bit more about his power. Yeah. What Proteus can do. Actually, let's back up a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about the, the little blurring of everybody thing. I don't... The, the mutant who masters reality. Right. I don't understand what that means. It seems like a very bizarrely postmodern power. Because it's like, <laughs> I can control your reality. But right. I don't understand because sometimes it's like he's controlling your perception of reality. Right. And sometimes like he's actually he's warping. Actually like changing physi- reality. Yeah, like yeah. physical stuff. 
So if he can actually control reality, reality, we'll get into a Descartes discussion here in a second. <laughs> if he can really control reality, reality, why can he just change your reality to dead? Right. And or now you're a pancake. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't understand. It's weird that he's he masters reality, but it seems like there's an awful lot of limitations to what that word that phrase right. gives the impression that he can control anything and everything, everything that's reality. So I, it was, so that, that's kind of why I thought it was a weird power because it it doesn't ever spell it out if it's just it's never clear if it's just perception right. of reality. Kind of like because like isn't that kind of what the Scarlet Witch does? She can change reality. She can yeah. change and, reality, but hers like, is like actual reality. Yeah, like House of M stuff. Right, yeah. right. But then you have. You have other, like Jason Weingart. Jason Weingart, who can change your perception. Yeah, make so that you feel like you're somewhere right, else. And it's not really real. You're, he's controlling your reality. So that's where, like, Are the you eye contact Are you the X-Men really, like, getting stretchy here? Well... In the same time, this would kill Nightcrawler, being broken up into dots. Yeah, because then the question is, who is, he, who is the stretch? Because it'd be one thing if it's like, oh, I'm messing with Wolverine's but No, but it perception. says here, it says here, um... Nightcrawler does his best to reassure his friend, unaware that thanks to Proteus, Wolverine perceives his words as drops of orange pain. Yeah, so that looks like it's it's just... Because all that imagery there looks like more of a just a mental perception. It's making right. it look like all these things are happening. Because, yeah, if he really broke Nightcrawler up into a lot but of... But then when he, when he slaps Storm around with the ground, that seems very physical. Yeah, well, in in the next issue, when um when he drops what's his name into a giant hole in the ground, right? So then there's yeah there's a, there's a physical change. I don't know. It's weird, but see that the mental part of it would make sense because like you said, the whole eye contact thing. So it's like he's got to make eye contact with you, yeah, and then, even then then he changes your pers- your reality, and right. that's where it gets all weird. But yeah, then the whole thing with holes and I don't know. I didn't think the last page was cool. Yeah, the little hurricane that Storm creates is pretty awesome. Yeah, and how uh, Wolverine like uses his claws to anchor himself in the ground, and Nightcrawler just kind of hides under him. Yeah. I thought the wind on Proteus looked really cool. Yeah, especially that last really cool. panel. And also to throw in there, if he is only changing perception of reality, he wouldn't really be that powerful because the right. fact that he's able to stand up to her hurricane and all these things. Well, then you talk about how. Every time he jumps bodies, he gains a little more power. Yeah, but he's just picking up no name. He just picked up some drunk dude. It's not like he's absorbing mutants. No. Because if he was, then you get like a, who's the like rogue kind of thing where she can absorb the powers of the people she's absorbing. But that's not what's happening here. Or Saron, who like, oh, mutants make me stronger. Yeah, yeah. But this case, it's like, oh, I, just, a stronger life I need force. the life force of people. Yeah, so, so again. Yeah, Proteus this is, a, is a little confusing, definitely. Yep, Proteus. 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 Oh, um, anything else? That's all I got. Okay. So, ranking? All right, I'm going to give it all, I'm going to keep with my four out of six. Not the art was really good in this one. Art is really good. Right, superb. The story, while a little confusing, was... I don't know. Proteus is weird. Yeah. I, I'm going to give it a 4-2. I think I would have given it a 5 if Proteus... <laughs> was cooler or made more yeah, sense. Yeah, if he made more sense. Cause yeah. I, 
most of the comic I enjoy because there's a lot right. of stuff going on. A lot of things are interesting. The Jason Wingard stuff, it's weird, but it's kind of cool. And the art, like you said, is really good. Everything's really good. And then, it, But the end of the comic is left with me. I've, I was left being really confused about what Proteus is able to do and what he's trying to do. And so it was kind of like, uh, so I kind of, I don't know, it ended on a, not a low note, it's not the right word, because the, right. the drawing at the end is really awesome. But yeah, but yeah so I'm going to stick with a four, but it, I think if, if Proteus had been a little bit more, I don't know, I hate to say defined, because it's like, well, like I don't want to be cliffhangers. But right. I know that he's ultimately, he's never defined. <laughs> so Not in this story anyway. No, yeah, that's what I mean, in this arc. Yeah. Same. Anyway, so I'll stick with four. All right, cool. Let's, uh, so what I guess our grades kind of speak for this anyway, but just to, to put it out there, thumbs up or thumbs down on this being Wolverine's uh, anniversary issue? I don't know. I'd have to do a middle, I guess. Yeah. To be, not a middle finger, but a, <laughs> <laughs> but a thumb in the middle. When you wave it. Because yeah. it, it's, I mean, it's a good comic. I mean, I guess mostly thumbs up. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for an issue that was not, because I mean, nowadays, all these things are like designated and they go out of the way to tell like an anniversary type story. Because yeah. Wolverine's not the main focus of this comic. No. And I feel like stretch. it's his five year. It should be. Yeah. But like you said, they don't it, make. It'll be interesting to see when we get to 10 years if they're. Yeah. Because by then he'll be insanely popular. Right. So 20, 25, all those. Yeah, well, of course, he turns 40 next year. That's old man. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's move on to the next one. This just in. (laughs) Uncanny X-Men 127 is old. That's in honor of the new Anchorman coming out. Okay. A little news, awesome. news report. Oh, so we're back to the old um, Chris Claremont and John Byrne writer, plotter, penciler shenanigans. They <laughs> um, <laughs> can't, can't differentiate. Right. Carrie They're Austin like, is We're like one person. We get in there and our minds <laughs> meld and we just right. create. Yep. Terry uh, Austin is the inker. Tom Orzachowski, the letterer, and Glennis Ween is the colorist. And this issue is The Quality of Hatred on Kenny X-Men 127. And we get a cover, not by um, Cochran, but by John Byrne and Terry Austin. And I think this cover is really, really cool. I like it a lot. Kind of a psychedelic color with a lot of hot pink. Proteus kind of coming out of Storm's Wind. Yeah. And then in the background, we have like a green Nightcrawler, Cyclops, and Wolverine. And it says, The Power of Proteus, the Deadliest Mutant Alive. Which stands to be proved. Right. But, yeah, it, it's a pretty good cover. It's, I, I don't think I liked it quite as much as you did, but... Well, yeah. I, the cover... I, I, the, I hear 80s music. <laughs> that's true. It's so much pink. Yes, there's a lot of pink. Which, you know, not that I'm against pink. I don't care about that. But just that it's so much of the same color. I think I would have I would have liked it more if there was a little more color, different colors. I don't, okay. I don't know. That that's pretty nitpicky. The art's really good on it. It's definitely very cool. So Proteus is moving in for the kill on Storm, but shots fired, and <laughs> turn out it's. Oh, don't you have a machine gun sound? I do. I should have pulled that up. You want a single shot? Let's get the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Moira trying to kill her son. But Cyclops stops her. There we go. That's what I was looking there for. There you go. And she says thank you by knocking him out. <laughs> and apparently, he hit his head so hard, he decides to fight Wolverine and the X-Men in the worst test ever. 
That's weird. We have an outdoor danger room, which weaves storm and disbelief, but somehow wins Wolverine's respect. Proteus jumps from old cop to young girl. Kind of like my dating life. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Moira goes to warn her husband, who's a dick. And kicks her out. And Proteus gets him. Daddy issues. <laughs> Phoenix uh, feels this one. Now she can feel him. And the X-Men head towards Proteus. I can't decide how I want to pronounce his name. I, and, I want to go with Proteus. All right, Proteus. Yeah, all right. So the X-Men head towards Proteus with Phoenix carrying them all. Asterisk very easily. Proteus <laughs> very attacks easy. Moira. And wants her now also because he has his dad's memories. So his uh, therapy bills just got higher. Yeah. X-Men a to weird. Yeah. X-Men to the rescue where Proteus bends reality and takes Moira as a hostage. Moira says to stop him no matter what. And Cyclops agrees. Now he agrees. Yeah. He didn't want, he didn't want Moira to shoot him earlier. A few panels ago, he's blocking shots. But right. now he means now, business. Now he's ready to go. Alright, so I thought the opening splash was a pretty awesome opener. Yeah, I agree. Looked pretty cool. Yeah, so on page six, uh, looks like Cyclops is trying to um, get a little frisky with Moira there before he gets knocked out. (laughs) (laughs) He's like creeping up on her. Give me that gun. Yeah, the rain is so everywhere in this. Yeah, Yeah, storm's got it coming down. It's interesting that they, they stuck with that for so long. Right. Well, and I think even Protea says something about how he knocked Storm out, but her subconscious is keeping the storm going. Yeah. Or something to that effect. Yeah, that's interesting, too. We get some more waving. Someone's waving to Gene <laughs> on page seven. Hey, I think that's Cyclops. Probably. He's the waver of the group. He's waving. Come help us out. Down here, Gene, down here. Banshee's um, got a first aid kit, apparently. but yeah. Or actually, it looks more like he's got a... Record player? <laughs> I think it's one of those hot plates. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he make, just made some coffee on a hot plate. Make a can plate. of beans. He did make some coffee because yeah. Wolverine's drinking it. Which I got to say, I don't like the idea of Wolverine Being sh- this shook jittery? like this. Yeah. I know he got twisted and, and made into a, a bad mushroom trip, but still. But he's been through some stuff already. Yes. This... To be concerned about it, I get it. To even be a little fearful about it. But this right. kind of like he's seen Having a ghost. A nervous like breakdown. a cheesy cartoon where he's seen a ghost. Teeth chattering. Yeah, teeth right. chattering. It's really, oh, that was really silly. Yeah, that doesn't. I was too. very unhappy with that. I will say the part about this that made me very happy was on page 10 where Cyclops throws his coffee in Wolverine's face. <laughs> the moment I read this, the exact moment, the episode of Friends was on with Ben Stiller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he spills the coffee on him. And Ross spin, uh, spills the coffee and Ben Stiller just flips out. Yeah. That's <laughs> I thought funny. it was an eerie parallel. That is funny. Well, I think the idea is dumb. This is actually a pretty nice little skirmish. Yes. And I really like Cyclops shooting his blast and reflecting off a of Colossus. Oh, that was pretty cool. Cool, but I... The whole time, and again, I, I keep talking about how confused I am this whole episode. But the, the whole time, and they explain it at the end, kind of. But the whole time I kept thinking, what? And Because I, I thought, I was like, did did Mutant X... Cyclops done lost his damn mind. Well, I thought, did Proteus take Cyclops 
Oh, someone even asked that. I think Banshee. Yeah, and I, I was like, "Did he?" And I missed that. He's like, right. "I don't think so." I was like, "Maybe he did." He take Nightcrawler, and I was really confused as to why this fight was playing out. Right. Although it's a cool fight, I yeah. agree with you. And then Aurora shows up and tries to lightning blast Scott. So oh then he, my gosh, she gets so indignant at him when yeah, he t- when mad. he compares it to a danger room. I really like Nightcrawlers when teleports out of Wolverine's way and tries to jump on Cyclops. Yeah. And then Cyclops shoots him. Yeah. And Storm, when she calls this lightning down on Cyclops, looks really cool. Yeah, that's a really cool panel. Yeah, again, it's a cool, it's a good fight. It's a cool fight, the way it's done, the way it's drawn. Right. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then even Cyclops' explanation of why he felt <laughs> like he needed to have an impromptu danger room. And to test y'all and myself. Why? Why did he need to test them? What is he? I don't understand what he's testing. He wanted. He was trying to give Wolverine some tough love. Because he says, Wolver- "I need to make sure there there were no psychological after effects." I don't understand how that would have proved one way or the other. Right. If he wanted to say, "I wanted to get you back in the game," or whatever, I, I guess that's one thing. I guess. What I don't understand, you know, I didn't like that Wolverine was so jittery. I also don't like that this is like, oh, I understand Cyclops now. That was a good leadership call there, staging this fight and getting all our adrenaline going and focused away from Proteus. Well, because it wasn't a good leadership. No, it's horrible. It's a terrible thing. (laughs) What kind of leader fights his team as a way to motivate? Right. I mean, maybe it's the whole, like, they're hating me, so they're working together. I'm going to kick your ass. That was a weird. That was that was the whole thing was weird. I thought. And then at the end, how everybody's like, oh, okay. Yeah, except for Storm. Except Storm's for Storm. mad. She's pretty mad about and it. And Jean's like, well, I I completely understand and agree with what Scott did. All right, so then we can get the whole stuff with Moira and her. Uh, I guess the strange. Oh, <laughs> well, we had someone who wandered in from Archie Comics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that gets absorbed by Mutant X. Yes. And then the policeman becomes a zombie. And then, yeah. yeah, so then she goes to her husband, which the whole idea right, so that... They're not divorced. They're not divorced he because he likes... It's good for him politically... To have a wife that's not even seen? To a wife, Yeah, I was going to say, it's been 10 years, they specify, that they've been separated. Right. So I was like, how can that still be good politically, that he has a Nobel Peace Prize... Or not a Peace Prize, but a Nobel Prize wife. Right. Yet she's never around. Right, there's never no pictures of them him. together, not in the tabloids, nothing. Yeah, I thought that was weird. And he's got a son that he's not known about. So the son's only 10 years old? I did not even think about that. Because she says 10 years ago, right? She says, all those years ago, I was pregnant. But later, she says something about 10 years, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. We'll keep looking. I'm pretty sure that that at some point, she she says 10, because I was like, 10 years? I don't know. We get some more of this thing where John Byrne draws circles behind people for scenery. I like that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Who is her husband? Have they established that before? No. No, this is a new character, as far as I know. Talking about politically, so he's somehow politically connected. Right. He's he's running, or trying to run for prime minister. I like Moira, uh, when Proteus takes over his dad, Moira tries to pull a gun. He's like, I got a snake, man. (laughs) He's got a snake. Oh, I just wanted to kind of point out, we, we talk about the art a lot, I... I thought particularly in this issue, and, and not to say that it hasn't always been, I thought the colors were really good in this issue. It's a really nice color work. Yeah, I agree. I uh, like this scene where Jean Grey's have, making all of them fly. <laughs> yeah. 
That's kind of cool. carrying them all with the greatest of ease. Yep, now that she's super powerful, and then Lorna's carrying Alex. Right. I was really disturbed by the whole him taking his father and him talking about him having all of his father's memories. Right. I was really disturbed by that just because I was... It was weird to think, you know, of course. Because then it's like he's talking about all the things his father felt towards his mother. Right. Which is all the anger, but then, of course, all the good times. Right. When they made him all in the, the first place. All the times. Right. right. All right. this kind of things that I would just I remember was, myself being conceived. Yeah. It was... I thought that was a really bizarre... Because it the way they I remember wrote we it, got a little drunk. They wrote it too that it it really felt icky with the way he was talking about yeah, it. Yeah, this is very creeper. He's like, what? Where are you going with this? Yeah, I don't know. I know all that he felt strange. Yeah, and then he wants his he wants his mom. I, it, that was weird. The whole thing was weird. Is I we want you? I do like the art where he the visual of him breaking up a Cyclops optic blast looks really really cool. Yeah. No, wait a second. I thought he was breaking it up, but looking at it now, does he turn it into little flowers? Am uh, I am I uh, making too much out of that? I I don't know. It does kind of look like flowers. I didn't think about that at the time. Actually, I thought it was butterflies. Oh, okay. Yeah, when yeah. I first looked at it, but now it doesn't look like that anymore. Yeah, it looks like either flowers or puffs of smoke or something. Okay. Yeah. That, that's... I thought he was just like breaking it up, but I think he's actually like changing it. Yeah. So. And again, look at that goes back to the whole thing about making things. Well, that's not just his perception. He's actually saving himself from an optic blast. Right. So that's what I'm saying. He's actually changing Scott's optic blast into something. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> and he changes air into bees. Right. And then Storm's really worried about those poor bees. Right. Those aren't real bees. They're. Or are they real bees? I don't know. It's I don't know. Weird. The storm doesn't want to kill him. So Banshee is heartbroken to find out that Moira has a husband. Yep. But they've been separated for apparently at least Ever. 10 years. Forever. Yeah. Maybe longer. All right. So I love John Byrne, but his Havoc mask is killing me. Yeah. It's too much. So I don't know why they're so big. Why does he need such big loops? I don't know. The loops are kind of weird anyway, because they don't really serve any purpose. Oh, and I was going to say, um, we almost get... I'm sorry, go backwards here. Back near the fight, Wolverine says, we almost get his classic line. And so I think uh, Claremont's kind of getting close to coming up with that. When Wolverine attacks Cyclops, he goes, I'm just going to do what I do best. Oh, yeah. Which is close. Like, we're in the ballpark yeah. of, like, the best Wolverine classic that line. I yeah. I didn't, I didn't catch that, but yeah, that's true. That's good. Well, anything else on this one? Nah. All right. What, uh, what are you going to rate this one? I hate to be redundant, but I think I'm going to stick with four again. Okay. Really for the same reasons as the one before. Because I like the art a lot. The story's interesting. It's moving. A lot of things are happening. Right. But Proteus and the stuff with the dad, all of that is, is just kind of weird. It was weird, but I thought it gave him motivation. And, like, a reason for his character to be running around doing stuff. Yeah, but it does... I don't... I'm not sure that's going to stick. We'll talk about that more next issue. But, at least for this issue, I felt like Proteus became a stronger character. Yeah, but it's like they were trying to make it where, oh, he had a father that didn't know about him, so that made him into a crazy person who wants to murder everyone. (laughs) I thought that was a bizarre jump. Right. See, I guess... In this issue, I saw more of the bodies he was using to get here was 
a means to an end. Like he justified it all, kind of yeah. to get to his father. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, we'll see how that kind of holds up, even just next issue. But at least in this issue, I felt like he had more. He's a little more grounded in in having some kind of human emotions. So I'm going to give a uh, 127 five out of six claws. Yeah. Even with the weird impromptu danger room. Yeah. As another reason. Four for me, because it, it's a great fight, but it's a stupid reason for the yes. fight. So Yeah, that's pretty dumb. It knocks it down, but... I should probably only give it four, but I'll stick with what I had. Sorry, right, we'll do to be different. Yep. And the All action right. of the tiger is next. Sweet. Tiger. <laughs> I'm just not a tiger in this whole damn comic. I'm just going to let you know. Spoiler. Ah, oh, no tiger. And we're back. <laughs> Issue number 128. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to get on the radio before That's this right. issue's over. That's right. Um, all right, so we got a, a cover. Oh, hold on. <laughs> First, let's do our crew. Chris Claremont and John Byrne once again merged together in one, doing author, plotter, penciler. Terry Austin, inker. Tom Orzakowski, letterer. Glennis Wine, colorist. I figured it out. You did. Okay, we'll talk about it in the a second. secret to life. Or yes. Okay. Yeah, that too. But more importantly, I figured something else out. Nice. All right. So, Uncanny X Men. One twenty-eight. Um, we have a cover by uh, George Perez and Terry Austin. Perez. It's comic a comic legend, George Perez. Yeah, it's a good cover. It's. I think it's great. I like the the kind of building. The day reality went wild. Yeah, exactly. There's a commercial for late night. Yeah. TV. That sounds about right. But yeah, it's a good cover. Everybody's kind of doing something cool and reality gone wild. The building is like bending over and it's met, building's bending over, yeah. showing it your private parts. <laughs> well, I don't go that far, but and uh, Colossus is trying to hold the building up, <laughs> yeah. which is funny. And then Cyclops is trying to blast a hole in it, making bricks fall on everyone, which right. is kind of weird. But yeah, it's a, it's a good cover. It's interesting. It goes well with what we're talking about. Yeah. No, that was pretty cool. So, now we have a... All right, well, first, before we go any further, because it's been bugging me for okay. a while, and I just now figured it out. Figure it out. Proteus, when he takes over his dad, looks like Crystal Ball from G.I. Joe. He does look like Crystal Ball. I've been trying to figure that out for at least that four or five hilarious. days. And a little Doctor Strange, too. But yeah, a little bit. More yeah, like Ball. evil Doctor Strange. But he looks yeah. just like Crystal Ball. That's funny. I hadn't even And Crystal that. Ball has that shield where he can... Take over people's <laughs> minds. That's true. That's true. I think they're one and the same. Maybe. Yeah. It's right. a little overlap here between X Men and G.I. Joe. Sweet. Nice. Okay. All right, lay it on me. So, 128. 128. Still fighting Prometheus. 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 <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're not fighting Prometheus. Proteus. Reality's still going crazy. Cray, cray. And we get a lot more explanation for what Proteus is all about. Wolverine yes. is scared. Well, let's, get, let's talk a little bit about what Proteus was all about. So a lot of this was covered, like, just in the past issues. And when you find out that that cell was, like, somehow keeping him stable, like, it wasn't just, like, yeah. oh, my son's bad, throw him in jail and forget about him. Yeah, there was some kind of 
power it had over him or just the metal itself. It, well, it kept something. his body from burning out. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, that's right. It, so it stabilized him so he didn't, he didn't burn out his body. He didn't have to keep getting new bodies. And he realized that... And it suggests that it made him more sane, too, I think. I'm not yes, sure how. Somehow, but, yeah. But somehow it kept him from being a maniac. When we get the thing where Moira doesn't find out that he escaped, like physically, but she sees his mummified body. Oh. So his original body, or whatever he was in when they locked him up, yeah. is dead. And that's how she knows that his mind had escaped or whatever. To the hovercraft guy. The hovercraft guy. Okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. So we got that figured out. So then it explains how basically Magneto had somehow disrupted that when they had the big battle. Right. And so then, of course, that allowed him to get out. And this gold tooth she found on the ground, which I still think is random. <laughs> but how did she say a gold tooth lying right in front of Mutant X's cell? But how? Unless. Unless. Oh, maybe it was the other issue when she actually finds the tooth. Doesn't she say something about knowing, like, oh, it must have been a struggle? Yeah, that that was in earlier. Okay, And then right. this one, it, this is just going back and recaching what had already happened. Okay, cool. So then it gives us the the body count, which I thought was kind of funny, where it shows the heads of all the people he'd taken over. Right. As if it was like a, let's have a remember moment. It was like on, a, on Talking Dead when they always do the show all the dead, all the different zombies that died. It's like a right. quick moment. Oh, here's all these four people. They all died. Oh, so I want to go back to the bees for a second. And now, okay, go ahead. Oh, no, back you can finish your thought. I was just going to say that uh, the dad also looks a lot like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. In this panel, he does. Not always. But. Yeah, he kind of does. Anyway, so the right. bees. The so bees. bees, Storm says she's going to make it colder, so the bees will all hibernate. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Well, they, well it happened they that just drop fast? on the ground. <laughs> like, oh, oh, I'm sleeping. <laughs> Seems like they would then need to build a hive, find right. a way to sleep. They don't just fall asleep on the ground. Right. And just, oh, we're not going to sting anybody. It's cold. But maybe the idea is they would go away to go look for a place to hibernate. Yeah, maybe so. But yeah, that was weird. Oh, and while it's not very good, we at least got um, an explanation of why Wolverine lost his nerve. He says, when Proteus screws up my reality, or reality, it drives my senses crazy. Oh, that's right. Because his senses so It's almost work. more of a physical reaction than him being scared or emotional. Yeah. Like, like he can't feel things right, and so that messes him up. Which that, you know, actually, like, leans towards his power set. So that part, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it does make sense. It's yeah. kind of, I still don't like him being having been so super jittery, but at least it... Yeah, well, it doesn't... It's an attempt to explain it. It explains why he would be freaked out. Right. It still doesn't... It still doesn't justify the kind of jitteriness we got. Right, yeah. Which is what we didn't like, because the jittery doesn't make any sense, but... Right. I like how Polaris gives him a wedgie when she picks him up. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, to to mention the bees again, it's another part of what... This whole issue is about the bees. We're still going to talk about bees. Yeah. I love bees. Now, um, another thing with his power, it's like he can do anything. So he's going to turn the wind into anything in the world. Why would he choose bees? Why not hornets? Why not poison? Why not some unimaginable creature? Yeah. Yeah. Or why not just a bunch of bullets? And everyone's dead. Yeah, everyone's dead. (laughs) It's weird. It's a weird power that's very poorly used. Oh, and then he also talks about he wants to be master of the humans. 
Yeah, that doesn't even make any sense. It, it kind of comes out of nowhere. It like, did come out of nowhere. His motive. See, I talked last issue about how I thought they gave him motivation. Yeah. And this and issue, I feel like they take it all away. It's yeah. like, oh no, it's not really about getting back at his dad. It's no, about being master person. of the world. He's just yeah. another maniacal, scheming supervillain. Okay, so. He turns his mom into an elephant. <laughs> not just a normal elephant. Some kind of weird still has her hair. amphibious elephant yeah. with sloth toes. See, that's a good use of imagination. There you go. It's not just bees. Yeah, very, very interesting. I oh. did think Storm Shadow looked really cool. I just said Storm Shadow. <laughs> that's true. Storm Shadow. Hey, we're, okay, there was something else I was going to mention. I think, did we miss it or is it? I don't know. Yes, the, we did the miss it. running. No, so backing up where he's doing the recap story where he takes over the hovercraft guy. Yes. I thought this line was really funny, and I don't know why I thought this was so funny, but I really did. So he says, he absorbed the man's memories when he possessed his body, and so he found that McWhirter's minor electronic skills (laughs) were enough to reprogram the lab's main computer. (laughs) Yeah. I found that very funny, because... Why does he have to specify minor electronic skills? <laughs> and if they're minor, why does it mean he can program an entire main computer? Right. That was really silly. Minor electric skills. Or I, mean, minor, I can push the reset button. Well, it's like I can hook my speakers up or something. Right. Anyway, that was, I laughed pretty hard when I read that because I, I thought that was a really funny thing. I know how to work an 8-track. Now <laughs> I can uh, master this giant computer. It does talk about, though, also that his powers grow because with each new body, he grows in confidence. Right. But still, the, the ability to reprogram a computer from a hovercraft operator oh, right. with minor electronic skills. Okay, so um, I also wrote in my notes at this point that it seems like a lot is happening, but very little time has passed. They never really give us a time, but it just seemed like there were so many things happening. But it's like this is a second battle. I don't I don't know. Oh, okay. Here. All right. So page 10. If I'm ahead of where you are, we can go back. No, no. You're fine. All right. So Storm says, Proteus needs visual contact with his victims for his reality warps to be effective. Yeah. But he's warped the whole... There's no way he saw everybody in the town or that everybody in the town saw him. But... Yeah, but so then that's that goes back to that. Well, then it's just the reality for that person. But then that doesn't make any sense so because confused. he's doing things. In the case of Cyclops and the flowers earlier, right. the blast would have hit him. Right. If he when was the, just changing Cyclops' he, perception. The Cyclops would be, oh, damn, I missed. But Proteus would still be on the ground with the optic blast of his ass. Exactly. So it doesn't make any sense. It's uh, not. Yeah. They just it's, did not define it. It's really confusing. And we get another gunshot. Oh, yeah. Banshee shoots Proteus through the shoulder. I can't scream, but I can shoot a gun. That's right. <laughs> I think he just shoots once. but And then here we get the hole. Hole in the ground. Yeah, I, uh, that's a hell of a taunt. It's a giant hole. He falls in the ground. He stops it. Cyclops makes the somehow, hole bigger. And turns... He turns the ground invisible so they have to see Banshee suffocate. Which I would have thought the fall would have killed him. You'd think so. And then Cyclops blasts through it. Yes. And Nightcrawler crawls down there. All of this is really happening. 
It, it sure seems that way. And I don't think that Proteus made contact with... You can't make contact with Cyclops because he's I, got his visor. <laughs> well, see, he I, literally cannot right. make eye contact with him. The storm says he needs visual contact. So does that mean that he just needs to see them? Oh, maybe. Like, oh, I see you. Oh, you're screwed. That doesn't make. But that doesn't. That makes less sense. I yeah. I don't know. I don't. I'm about to give up on that whole thing. Yeah, I think so. We get some more of the whole siblings not affecting each other with powers. That that they already established that, right? They did, but this one says why in a weird way. Yeah, I thought there was what more. Is that on? It seemed different. Um, that is. Oh, okay. Before we get to that, um, that's on twenty-one. Yeah. So on page nineteen. Uh, first of all, the art's really cool. We get this cool thing of X-ray genes. Yeah. Uh, Wolverine kind of talks about how Jean is his kind of girl. She says. In a rough house, babe, you're my kind of girl with a big emphasis on my. Right. I just want to kind of point out that I prefer Mariko. Yeah. I think, I think she fits Wolverine better. I don't really, I think I've said this before. I don't really understand Wolverine's obsession with Gene until way later when Origin comes out and we find out that his first love basically looks like Gene. Yeah. That Rose, you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that kind of says, okay, what well, makes sense? He would be in love with her because it reminds him, right? Or he feels the same, or whatever. But that's looking back. That's retcon yeah, stuff, right? But now I don't, I don't really see like his attraction to her. I don't either. I feel like Wolverine should be much more attracted to a brawler kind of woman. Even I would like, see, Mar- like or, Storm or or Mariko, like his Mariko as the like. Little uh, little girls on the right word, but like the 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 gentle. I'm gonna take care of and protect this girl. I'm right. the big brute. Or Beauty I'm going the Beast to give you almost like, like I'm so gentle and compassionate that I can help give those things to you. The things you want so much for yourself, right? Which of course we haven't also delved that much in Wolverine's struggle yet. Yeah. So maybe I'm bringing too much baggage to it, but but no, I don't think so because I think the way they've set Wolverine's character up for 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 the the my kind of girl. But even a comment like that, I wouldn't think would go to a Mariko character. That would go to like a brawler character, a girl who's like in a fight. You know, let's we're gonna fight together. Right. Whereas Jean is none of those things really. She's right. a stronger character than before. Right. And especially now with the Phoenix, but she's not a brawler. She's not a Let's get down and, and scrap it out, which is kind of right. what you would you'd expect. You'd expect something like that, but you don't. You don't. I don't know. It's yeah. a weird. Yeah. But yeah, I've never. I also until Origin, never understood. Yeah. Other than just a random redhead thing, but I right. It feels that, like that's, that's just too, a Marvel redhead. Uh, yeah, which just seems like that's too surface to to be such a big deal. Right, for him to be madly in love with her, it's oh, got to be more than just oh, she's really hot. Or to not be anymore, because he says, I loved well, I was her. about to point that out, yeah. That. The, then he does say in past tense, I loved that lady, bub. And then it's he cuts weird. Proteus, tries to gut him. Tries to gut so him. So he's moving in for the kill, so that's cool, Wolverine. Yeah. All right, so what you were talking about, on page 21, we get a summer sandwich. <laughs> summer sandwich. Right. With Proteus as the meat. Yep. And then right. Proteus turns into dust or something. And they hit each other. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting explanation. He said that, that his About body was able to stuff? metabolize. Right. 
it still doesn't really make any sense. Well, it only makes sense because their powers are both energy-based. The yeah. whole Banshee Black Tom thing, that has nothing to do with that. that. Yeah, that makes no sense. So. Well, I guess maybe the same thing with his, Banshee screams are absorbed by by Black Tom. I don't know. Yeah. It's still not very well well defined. Maybe was, we're simply asking for too much. We keep asking for things to be well defined. Right. Maybe so. That was interesting and kind of lame that Wolverine talks about how... All right. So there's this cool thing where he's climbing up this cliff and Proteus knocks him off. Yeah. And uh, I like the, the shock behind Colossus's head, kind of the bright pink. Yeah. And then uh, Cyclops perfectly times an optic blast pulse, which we've seen before. Yeah. But he does it to like slow Wolverine <laughs> down, and he almost like holds him in the air with this optic blast, which is kind of, eh, I'm not sure about that, but it was kind of cool. Um, yeah. Then Wolverine lands and talks about, oh man, I'm going to be black and blue forever. Yeah. And I was kind of wanted to say, uh, we've already established this healing factor. You don't have to don't have to go back on that. Yeah. Um, and why is Colossus out of form? I mean, I guess ultimately it's to trick him. Right. About the metal thing, but... Yeah, I guess him and Cyclops already talked about that. I guess that they had already panel. decided that. That yeah. seemed like a weird thing. I liked the... I liked the... Uh, Proteus getting weaker look. Like he just kind of gets more zombie-ish as the body's basically burning out. Yeah, because the X-Men are forcing him to Which use a lot Which of power. Which was a good plan. Yeah, it wasn't a good plan. Apparently they understood how he works a lot better than we do. Yeah. And they didn't have the narration. I don't know how they figured it out, but yeah, somehow they did. They figured that out. Um, I, like, I like the art of Proteus turning into ash or whatever. Yeah. And the Colossus sees like his ghost form. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. And then him, Colossus, like, putting, turning into metal and putting himself into Proteus and, like, basically scattering him throughout the universe. Which doesn't make much sense. But. No, but, I mean, it makes as much sense as him being allergic to metal in the first place does, I guess. So. Or his but, reality. If he can change reality, why can't he change metal's reality? Right. I mean, you're not metal anymore. I change your reality. I like how when Gene flies the X-Men, they're all like in flying pose. I know. That's really funny. <laughs> and they're not just like, he's, he's not just carrying them. Like Wolverine looks like the Rocketeer. Yeah. Like Cyclops and Havoc look related. They, they look, look like they're crawling. Yeah, or like Superman. Yeah. Actually, Cyclops looks like Superman and Havoc looks like he's on a um, one of those sweats where you lay on your stomach. Yeah. This is a, the luge. The luge, yeah. So, here's another, not to beat a dead horse, but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> that's kind of what we do on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's true. So, when he starts warping the whole city, there had to have been a lot of metal in the city. Building frames, cars. I, I think the metal is only a physical thing. Like, you can't take over metal and you can be trapped by metal and right, but destroyed so if he, by but metal. But if he sees the metal then, before it can get to him, why can't he change the reality that it's not a metal anymore? Because uh, Colossus took him by surprise. Because he's in a weakened state. Well, from... in that specific moment, yes. Because he just turns metal suddenly and he's already holding him. Right. I don't know. Like I said, beating a dead horse. Yeah. So then they right. land and we have shirtless Colossus hug Moira while she talks, while she cries. Yeah, that's that kind of weird. I kind of expected Banshee to walk up and be like, uh, hey, buddy. Yeah. He's like, get your hands off my woman. All right. 
I did like the sound effect of Wolverine hitting his metal skeleton. Like, now that we know he has metal bones and he punches Colossus, like not like punches, but like a yeah, clang clang. Yeah, yeah, that's like, like a, hey, good job, buddy. Robots congratulating each other. And I also, <laughs> this is definitely a '70s thing, and almost a '70s like TV thing. But the end of all these like heart wrenching missions. The yeah. X-Men always walk off in a group smiling. Yeah. Like, ooh, that was fun. No, it no, was, it wasn't. <laughs> I feel like there should be some kind of theme music. <laughs> nah, it's too dramatic. Yeah, it's way too dramatic. I need something a lot lighter. No, nah, it's not good. Yeah. Oh, they're going at the same time now. <laughs> kill it! Kill, kill it! Kill it! All right, stop. I'm done. <laughs> if you can't give me something with a Casio, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Casio. All right. All right, That's so funny. anything else? We're kind of to the end of it there. Um, not really. I mean, just overall, Proteus. Confusing. I, and I think especially He's kind because... kind of a good villain, but kind of a really lame villain. Well, there's, a, there's right. an interesting idea there, and the build-up to him was kind of cool. You know, seeing, even though it was kind of a while back, but seeing right. the, the Weapon X... Weapon, I keep saying Weapon X. Stupid Mutant X. Mutant X box, and then all Mutant of that was Xbox? interesting. And although I wasn't really like, oh, what's, what's this going to... I didn't really feel... Because the one issue kind of just, I don't know, wasn't... Wasn't super compelling, but right. it seems like it could have been the idea that it was her son, the idea that there was this father out there, that he had some kind of unstable power. All of that was interesting. Yes, but it just wasn't well. I didn't think it was very well done, executed. Well, yeah. well executed because it just it didn't make sense, and what he couldn't couldn't do didn't make any sense. Right, and there was no real reason for why he could do or couldn't do. Yeah, it was hard to follow. It was. I don't know. Maybe I just we tried to apply too many rules to the character, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I I agree. I feel like potentially there could have been something there, and there just wasn't. Yeah. No. But as confusing as his powers were, they were drawn very, very cool. And I thought the art in this book particularly was really good. Yeah, the art is very good. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, to me, it all kind of comes back down to the, the the issue of motivation. I just don't really see like what his deal is. Why why he would be so evil just because he hates yeah. his dad? <laughs> yeah, it's not. There's no reason for him to be so evil. I mean, maybe is it because you think he took over his dad and he kind of his dad was obviously influencing him, and his dad was obviously a prick. Yeah, but it was. But his dad wasn't established as evil; just to kind of a jerk. But that's not. I mean, obviously, beat Moira. I mean, they kind of subtly. I don't think so. You don't think so? I. She said. um, Oh, maybe. I mean, you could be right. I may just. I may have just missed it. She said you left me. um, When she was pregnant. Oh, and by the way, it's twenty years ago. Twenty years ago. Oh. Yeah, that makes more sense. I missed that. What issue is this? You didn't just put me in a hospital for a week. You left me pregnant. Um, It almost sounds like you raped and beat his own wife. Huh. I totally not. missed that. And when uh, 
when Proteus gets inside of his dad, I gotta quit saying it like that. Um, he talks about how he felt. There's some point where he talks about how he, he sees Moira's pain from the other side or something. So obviously he was a bad dude. That's why we're but not then he takes to... his dad over and seems like suddenly he's, oh, my dad is cool now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It almost feels like he lost in the battle of wills to his dad when he took him over, which then just makes him seem kind of weak. But he was already evil. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I get I get where you're going with that. Yeah, I don't it's it there's no yeah, there's no good motivation. There's no reason for him to be so crazy. Like you said, it makes sense to get to the dad cuz he's angry at the dad cuz the dad beat the mom. Now that you now that you mentioned that the thing about right. that beat. I'm not even sure he knew about that until he took his dad over. Which yeah, he may or may well, not. All he knew he was just his dad left him. He felt unwanted. But even that's enough, I think, to try to go find him and Impossibly take him over, or at least. But the know, dad, yeah, talk well, the dad to didn't him. leave him. The dad didn't know, but maybe he. Well, but maybe all he, he knows thought is he doesn't have a dad. Okay, so here we here we go. So right. he thought he didn't have a dad, so he's mad as a dad. Takes over the dad, realizes it's because Moira never told the dad. So now he's mad at Moira, okay, because he she robbed him. She robbed him of having a father, right. even though his father is a terrible person. And would have probably killed him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Probably would have beat him too. But now he's mad at his mom. But he didn't say I'm mad at you. He said I want you, which is where it gets icky. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. But at least um, Banshee and Moira get a nice reunion at the end. Yeah. So they're, they're making out while the X-Men walk off grinning. That's what they're laughing about. They're super immature. Wolverine's <laughs> like, <laughs> kissing. They're singing that sitting tree. Yeah. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Sean and Moira sitting in a tree. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes another crazy-ass damn mutant baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. All right, so I'm going to give this uh, an Uncanny X-Men 128 four out of six claws. Yeah, I think I'm going to, I don't know, I, 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 I toyed with the idea of doing five on this one since I was I four too. on the others. Yeah, I did too, but. But in I the think end, Proteus is just, I'm just too lukewarm yeah, on him. I'll stick with four, too, because, yeah, it's just... I want to the, spit the him out of my really mouth. really good. So I still enjoyed reading it. Yes, the no. the art's good, but definitely it's not, it's not one it I'll read seem, again. It doesn't seem super well thought out to me. Yeah, that, that's a good way to think about it. That's, I mean, a good way to put it, because that, that's kind of how I felt, too. Proteus is kind of a, a thrown-together character. Right. That they're like, ooh, we should have him be really powerful, and here's some ideas, and let's go with it. Before before anybody really spent some time thinking, well, what would a character with that power really do? Right. It's very much like they knew but, this is it for him. It's like, this is a three-issue arc. Right. So why really spend time working out a real power? Because he's not going to be a recurring character. Right. I, think, I think also part of the problem... And this is just a comic book problem. You get these characters that are just too powerful to write stories about. Yeah. Because they, I mean, really, Proteus, if he can bend all and warp all of reality to his will, then nobody should be able to beat him. Yeah. M- metal allergy or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, like I said, your reality is dead. And same thing coming up with, with the Phoenix becoming so powerful. Like how do you how do you write stories that are interesting? 
Yeah, I agree with that. Because it's in for Phoenix, it's a, that's why it had to become cosmic, and she right. just had to kind of disappear into a giant ball of glory. Right. Because. Going down <laughs> in a blaze of glory. Oh, JBJ. JBJ. But I, I don't. Yeah, th- th- yeah, that's a good. That's true. That's the thing about Proteus. He's just too powerful. Well, they had to find kind of these weird outs. And they do that a lot. And I guess, you know, maybe it's hard to come up with guys who are powerful but not too powerful. <laughs> yeah. And they want it to be cliffhanger. They want you to, to think, which obviously we all know, but they yeah. want you to think, at least for a moment, are the X Men going to make it? All right. Well, anything else before we move to our conclusion? Nah, I guess not. All right, cool. Well, let's wrap it up. Okay, so that's going to do it for our uh, Wolverine 5th birthday celebration. Happy which birthday, Wolverine. actually happened in 126. But we decided to do the whole Proteus story as one episode instead of, you know, breaking it all up for you. That would have been a pretty rough episode to just do that one issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the story. Yeah. Not much going on. But here are some things we learned about Wolverine in this issue. Recap. Recap. His whole skeleton is adamantium. Yep, adamantium skeleton. All right, well, that wraps up our <laughs> things we dollars. learned about Wolverine. Well, we learned that I mean, when people mess with just, his reality, it messes uh, up his senses. His senses and makes him super... Jittery. ...little girly. So when he gets a stuffy nose... Oh. Does he get jittery, too? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so, like, yeah. We also learned... Because, you know, once is a random occurrence. Yeah. But twice you have a habit. So we learned about his habit for hating tables. That's right. So the so. table industry should say, yeah. fool me once. I'm going to assume money. that at some point in his origin, his untold origin, because we don't know much about Wolverine yet. Yeah. At some point he was enslaved by someone that made him use his claws to carve tables. I'm going to say that at the moment they were thinking, all right, eventually when we give this away, his dad is going to be a table maker. <laughs> going to be a carpenter specializing in tables and that's where everything's going to go awry for Wolverine yeah but eventually they changed their mind on that because they realized that would be stupid made that would have made origin really stupid (laughs) instead of being my dad's a table marker table maker yeah remember those two tables (laughs) he destroyed in the 70s (laughs) (laughs) this is why That's terrible. Oh, goodness. So. Yep. I mean, right. overall. That's, yeah, that's pretty much it, I guess. Yeah. De- definitely not the worst stories we've read. And, all you know, pretty solid art, pretty solid writing. The concept wasn't there, I think, for Proteus. But otherwise, I think the writing is good. I mean, the story, the way it's told, the way it's structured, Yeah, I think is all pretty good. Yeah, no, it's, it's really well. Really, the biggest flaw is... Proteus himself, just yes. the, the concept behind that guy, right. that character. I can use a cooler Mutant X. Yeah, especially with a name like Mutant X, which sounds right. really bad. Well, it makes like it sound like he's, something. I mean, this is the X-Men. So Mutant X should be like the creme de creme of, of X-Men villains. Yeah. And not someone that barely shows up. Or I someone think. that is powerful like that. But, I mean, I think of... I think of a name like that, and to me it seems like it should be someone like... Who is the guy a while back? I think he died, but he was the guy that was a black hole, and he wore that helmet. That oh, Zorn, right? Zorn, yeah. Yeah. Like, to me, that's kind of a Mutant X character. Right. Or someone like oh, the the guy that was like Mutant 
weapon 15 or whatever that was like had all Wolverine's powers were heightened like he had a bunch of different X-Men powers is that a thing I think, yeah, I may be, I think it might be blending multiple characters. Uh, Phantom X is weapon 13. Maybe that's who I'm thinking of, Phantom X. He has the power of um, influence. <laughs> no, that's not who I'm thinking about. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. That's not who I'm talking about. No, I was thinking about someone who like absorbed all the powers. Like, but I nah, forget that. But anyway, the point of that is I feel like that the name Mutant X should be something either unexplainable right. or someone that has can do all the things the X-Men can do. Or he has all these different powers, right? Somehow, I don't know. Either absorb them or just has them or something. I, I guess I gotta feel like, and maybe I'm just trying to be too nerdy, but mutant X should be like the ground zero of mutants. Yeah, like mutant one. Right. Or yeah. Mutant, yeah. Like oh yeah. Okay. Anyway. But no, instead it's just Moira's son who's yeah. a weirdo. Weirdo. Okay. So let's talk about. Oh no, it's not. Everyone. You sure? Yeah. Is, we we'll probably have to cover it eventually, so I'll I'll try to remember to bring this up. Let's do a precursor. Right. We're just as far as X Men's children, because Moira has a son. Yeah. And She's we, an X Men though. And Professor X has a son. Yeah. And they're both super powerful and also kind of lame. So which one? Would and you? also crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We'll throw in Wolverine's kids' son. Sure. Throw in Scott and Jean's son. Yeah, Cable's pretty awesome, though. He's pretty awesome. When when he's done right. When he's done right. He's and he can awesome. also be terrible. But he's not a crazy character. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting... Right? I don't like Legion. I don't either. Like, Proteus, I don't really understand, but I actually dislike Legion. Yeah, I think he's kind of stupid. So... Yeah, it's like they, they, they're too powerful for themselves. So they all go crazy because they're too powerful. Right. But then they're too powerful, so they can't. They're not. They're not going to be able to be written very well because they're too powerful. Well, so what would mean Proteus's end game? Right? Is there somebody he could eventually find that would not decay? I guess not. Why is that? Or maybe he wants to control all the humans so he can just is, use everyone up until right. But then why does he need to control anybody? Why not just take bodies and keep going? Right. I don't know. What is he going to gain? Does he want money? No, he wants to be master. Because if he can just take over a body, all he, he wants is someone to call him master. master. Yeah, it is it's master, like, master. <laughs> like you said, it it it's not. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's do all our our plugs. I'll do mine. And I'll let you wrap up with yours. Please leave an iTunes review. Please. You can like us on Facebook and should. You can follow us on Twitter at Snickcast. Uh, you can email questions, theories, loving support, and encouragement to uh, snipcast at yahoo.com. And if you want to go to the webpage for show notes, that's snipcast.podbean.com. And Cameron also has other web presences he'd like to talk about. Oh, I do. If you'd like to find me on the internet, you can find me. By Googling Cameron <laughs> Sinclair. Google Cameron Sinclair. I am the leather. third person you'll find. Yes. Not the third link, the third person. Scroll through the really <laughs> famous guy, Cameron Sinclair. Then through the semi-famous X Games Australian Cameron Sinclair. I didn't know about that one. Yeah. Then you'll find me been best friends a few with random them. history sites. You should have been. No, you can find me. Um, HistoryBanter.com is my website. We do stories, podcasts, images, things like that. It's uh, good stuff. Thanks. We have a, web, uh, a podcast called History Banter that we do. There's one picture I... 
I know, it's pointless. No one would remember it. <laughs> there was something on Twitter y'all put up the other day. No, because I like most of your pictures. Yeah. But there was one that really, really tickled my fancy the other day. I can't remember what it was. No. I don't know. Think about it while I finish talking about this. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have a podcast. We do history movies. We review movies based on history. We try to get experts in and basically talk about it. With It's not super funny, but it's kind of funny. Right. Anyway, I, I, I think it's pretty good. It's well, so what was the last one you did, and what's the next one you're doing? Uh, the last one we did was Boardwalk Empire. Oh, sweet. We covered that, basically just recapped up to that point, talked a little bit about it. Um, and then we're going to do From Hell. Okay. The 2001 Johnny Depp movie about Jack the Ripper. Um, I've never seen that. I'm going to watch it. You know it what you should do? Um, last night before Friends came on, I was watching Full House. Full House. And there was one after Uncle Jesse had twins. Yeah. Because, you know, one set of twins wasn't enough. They're, they they rode that horse too far. Yeah, they did. Um, but anyway, he writes a song for them, and there's a really... Kind of, you know, talking about Proteus being jacked up wanting his mom. There's like this Jesse and the Rippers. And that was the name of his band. Yeah. He said Jack the Ripper. I yeah, thought yeah. about this. A video of him and the song he wrote for his kids. And he's like running around being all super sexy and black and white, <laughs> like his shirt off. And he's like rolling around in a bed naked. And he's like blowing out candles and stuff. I was like, this video doesn't fit. Like the tone. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. He's trying to go for It's creepy. Yeah, it's really creepy. We will not be covering Full House on the History <laughs> <No. Manter. laughs> you know What else is creepy? Isn't um his new show is um like How I Lost My Virginity or something? Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah, uh, John Stamos. Like, yeah, he does like. Oh, I, I saw. I, you know, the only reason I know about it is from Weekend Update on SNL. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the only reason I know about it too. <laughs> I think I remember when talking they about said, it. Um, when you sit and talk to John Stamos, or tell John Stamos about your first sexual encounter, and he tells you about your next. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. I love it. Love it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't think I'll be watching that show. But that's pretty. That's funny that that show exists. <laughs> yes, it is. And not. This seems like that should be like a YouTube show. Yeah, like, like a webisode a or something. Show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I'm hoping it will just be jokes, but I have a feeling it'll be a serious thing. I'm hoping it's on Bravo. <laughs> I'm, and I'm guessing it's going to be a bunch of burnout rockers. Well, yeah, surely, Not right? Like, or he loves the Beach Boys. It'll just be Brian Wilson. <laughs> it's a bunch of really old guys. That would be really <laughs> gross. I'm assuming it'll be guys like Mickey Rourke and Tommy Lee and people like that. Yeah. Not, you know, like Michael Sarah, <laughs> those kind of characters. Yeah, but those guys would all lie. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like burnout rockers trying like, to tell oh, man. crazy stories. I had sex the first time when I was nine years old. Yeah. You know, something like trying to make yourself be cool. Yeah, I think so. Because that's cool. <laughs> Nine-year-olds, yeah, that's actually cool. That's what we all want to hear. Right. <clears throat> I don't know. But anyway, history banter. <laughs> we won't be talking about any of those things on there. <laughs> Uh, but we try to keep it light and funny. But anyway, you can yeah. follow us at History Banter. We tweet out a lot of uh, video videos, um, images, and links. And then you can follow me at Cameron Sinclair, although I don't do much but retweet stuff. But every now and then I'll say something that will blow your mind because it's so yes. funny. Melt your face. <laughs> I'm going to wrap up. Until next time, hugs and snicks. Bye. Yay.